Well, let's let's start. Uh, it's really glad, I'm really glad to uh, to have this uh, next edition of Synergy uh, that that uh, Tim is calling the next normal. Uh, I think that implies that there's another normal coming after the, this one. <laughs> but just on behalf of MMYBA, I want to just express appreciation to everyone who's here and also Tim for you leading. I happened to be at a Korean pastors meeting of the Metropolitan New York Baptist Association. And just wanted to give you a little picture of where uh, I am right now. Grace, if you could pull up that picture for us. This is the Han Maum Baptist Church. I believe that means one heart Baptist Church. And this is the first time that our, uh, our Korean pastors have met, I believe, since uh, some of the shutdowns began. This is a special place for me because this is the uh, exact sanctuary uh, where the association voted to call me as their director about 11 and a half years ago. So I always have actually good feelings uh, when I come uh, to the building, but also uh, good to be around other, other pastors. So that's where I am. I'm going to turn it over to you, Tim, to, to lead this edition of Synergy, The Next Normal, and uh, really grateful for you, Hoon, to be uh, with us today and looking forward to uh, hearing as much as I can before I go back to join uh, the uh, the pastors for the rest of their, their meeting this morning. So thanks again. Cool. Thanks, George. Yep. As George said, we're, we're going to start um, a, a series um, uh, for these synergies called The Next Normal. And if you guys are like me, we're all probably uh, really racking our brains trying to figure out what that next normal is going to look like. Uh, what we have to do, but also the, there's, I think there's an incredible opportunity as well. And so we talked a lot about that uh, recently. The last synergy was actually about uh, this idea of thinking through what does it mean to go smaller and to be hmm. decentralized in order to, uh, to move ahead. And so uh, kind of another tool that we wanted to talk about is this idea of going virtual. And I think it's interesting. Some churches have been doing virtual for a long time for strategic reasons, um, but others are being kind of forced into it now because of COVID. And so we wanted to kind of talk through this question of like, what does it look like? Why might we do it? And if we do decide to do it, or if we're forced into it, what are some best practices? And so um, if you don't know Hoon, Hoon is, um, uh, has just recently joined the PCC network and is launching a church uh, soon called Anthem Church. Um, and because of COVID-19, and I, I know Hoon will talk about this a little bit, it changed his plans a little bit, I'd say, right, Hoon? Just, just a little bit. Uh, and a little. So, he, <laughs> just a, so we've been kind of thinking through, like, you know, what does that look like to launch differently now? And so I, I uh, am excited because Hoon is, in some ways, I think, uh, paving a, a different way of, of launching a church out of necessity, but also out of... Uh, intentionality. And so I asked Hoon to come today and to share with us what he's learning. And I know he's going to talk about this too in real time. It's not like he can say, hey, I did this five years ago and here's what happened. It's literally what he's in the process of doing right now. But um, there are not a lot of folks that have thought this through or have done it, um, done it well. And so I thought it'd be great to hear from Hoon and just hear kind of the experiences so far and what we can learn from that as well. So Hoon's gonna uh, do like about a 25, 30 minute presentation and then there'll hopefully be some time for some questions um, at the end. So Hoon, I will turn it over to you, my friend. 
All right. Thanks, Tim. Um, I am going to share a, uh, a presentation. Uh, can you guys see this? Yes. All right. So um, <clears throat> I, um, I'm with, uh, with Stadia Church Planting, and uh, uh, we were planning on launching Anthem Church in, uh, in the September of 2020. Um, but because of COVID and um, the, the process of assimilating um, Point Community Church of North Brunswick, we ran into some disruptions and uh, delays. Just a little bit about myself. Um, uh, I'm married. That's my wife, Shelly. We have three boys, uh, Sean, Liam, and Colin. This was taken a few years back. I just chose this picture because I look thinner in this one. So uh, I figured I'd use this one. Um, and the project with, uh, with Anthem is that we were looking at the uh, region of Edison because um, it's 50% Asian, 50% Caucasian. Uh, I am Korean-Italian, so I kind of fit the demographic. I, my family has been in Italy for 46 years. We were looking to launch on uh, September 13th um, as a missional, multi-ethnic, multiplying church. And just, just some brief in, uh, information. Um, <clears throat> Tim approached me about um, Point Community Church in North Brunswick and uh, a, a potential partnership. And eventually we decided at the end of May that yes, we're going to um, in fact, assimilate Point Community Church uh, simply because there was so much alignment. Um, you know, Point Community Church is also a missional, multi ethnic, multiplying church. And the big vision is to launch six, six churches by, uh, by 2030. Now, I'm, I'm going over some of this information to lay the groundwork. Um, and our mission statement was uh, Anthem Church desires to bring revival from New Jersey to the world by planting missional multi-ethnic multiplying churches that bring personal and community transformation. And the vision statement, which is much simpler, is the, oops, uh, the vision of Anthem Church is to inspire non-believers to follow and trust Jesus Christ. So we are um, a church that uh, is heavily targeting non-believers in Middlesex County, New Jersey. And uh, <clears throat> Uh, I wanted to share this information early because uh, if you're anything like me, I kind of tend to zone out uh, the longer a presentation gets. Um, but uh, resources that I found to be extremely helpful, extremely helpful now, uh, is this one. Um, it's thechurchdigital.com. Uh, it's um, by Jeff Reed. He's with the Stadia Church Planting. Um, and as myself, I feel like I'm building a bridge as I'm walking across of it, across it. And um, the resources by Church Digital have been very helpful. The Unstuck Church podcast uh, has been incredibly helpful. It's so relevant. Um, a lot of insights, especially with COVID uh, and virtual church. <clears throat> Pro Church Tools on, on YouTube uh, is uh, a, uh, a channel for church. Uh, and they say that, you know, the church has gone through the biggest communication shift in 500 years. And I think right now we're in the midst of even a bigger one uh, in the last 100 years since the, uh, the Spanish flu epidemic. Um, another resource for us is uh, Hootsuite. And uh, we, we're going to be using this for our scheduling of social media posting. But what's good about this is if you Google Hootsuite, they also have a, a page with all kinds of data, which I'll share just a little bit today. 
concerning um, uh, how people use the internet and the social media. Now, Stadia Church Planting, they are going to be kicking off a, a church uh, planner assessment and the training program specifically for digital plants only. So there is a, a movement now uh, to not just plant physical churches, but completely digital churches. And it's a new thing. Uh, by the way, I think I've said this before. I'm a Stadia church planner as well. And um, www.columbustogether.com, they are planting a, a church called Nouveau Church. And the reason I wanted to bring them up is uh, because Nouveau Church, the, the lead pastor, he was able to gain 100 plus launch team members while living, I think, two hours away from launch site and just leveraging Facebook and social media and um, um, yeah and and gathering people from Columbus to be on the launch team even before ever having met them physically um, so great stuff uh, from Stadia and especially from Nuvo Church uh, <clears throat> obviously there's been a lot of disruptions in our case with Anthem we've had delays uh, due to the assimilation of uh, Point Community Church um, because of COVID-19, um, we were looking to launch at the school where Point Community Church met, but because of, um, of COVID, uh, we're, we're looking for a venue now because we're recognizing that having a school with the additional um, you know, uh, red tape and all the intricacies of the Board of Education, it's not, it's not gonna be a uh, reliable enough venue. And so one of the uh, decisions that happened even before um, the final decision to assimilate PCC was made was to pivot from a physical to a virtual launch. And at that point, we had to make some um, significant uh, technology investments. But more than that, uh, there was a big learning curve in terms of trying to figure out how does social media how does the internet, uh, and even how does recording all these things, what are the best practices? And uh, so we went into a season of research and I'll just share some of the most uh, interesting things that the average American spends six hours and, and a half online on the internet. And uh, on social media, uh, it's two hours and four minutes. And, and by the way, this is before COVID. This is old data. and uh, I am willing to bet the farm that these numbers have gone up, right? Since January, 2019. Um, we recognize that the world's most visited websites are Google, YouTube, and Facebook. And I thought that was interesting that the most used search engine after Google is YouTube. In other words, um, people, living in a, in such a, a visual age, um, they prefer looking for videos uh, to, you know, learn how to cook or fix an air conditioner or whatnot. The most popular social media platforms are Facebook. There was a general um, <clears throat> rumor that Facebook was losing its, uh, its stickiness, especially with younger people. Uh, but in fact, Facebook is going strong. And, uh, Facebook, YouTube, and then Instagram are the most popular social media platforms. 
And uh, obviously COVID has had an effect on, on spirituality uh, as well. And uh, this was a cutout, uh, a, a screenshot from um, this, this online um, news article, which basically, this is the title, Exclusive New Poll Shows COVID-19 is Creating Enormous, enormous Spiritual Interest, Causing uh, Americans to Read the Bible, Listen to Sermons, uh, Some for the First Time. And results indicate that millions see pandemic as a wake-up call to return to faith, and nearly one in three Americans believe we are living in the last days. So 44% believe that COVID-19 in the economic meltdown is a wake-up wake call to turn back to God. And so we did you know, some thinking, and um, because we were not able to meet in person, um, and, and yet there was an, an increase um, in spiritual interest, I mean, we, we came to the obvious conclusion that as a church plant, what we have to focus in on now is, uh, is launching virtually. And uh, there were some books written on it, but you know, very surface level. Uh, and, and so we had to, and we're still learning how to do this. Um, some of the additional data is just that 98% of uh, people have used or visited social networking or messaging the last month. So you look at all this data, I'm not gonna go over all the details, but you look at all this data and it became um, obvious that if as a church plant, we're not able to do community outreaches, we're not able to do interest gatherings at this point, the only way that we could uh, gain momentum and not just pause the whole planting process was to go virtual and go online and go digital. And so uh, our conclusion was that when God closes a door, he opens a browser window. And so we decided to, um, to go heavy uh, on, uh, on the internet. And, um, and yet, um, I'm not a, a young, a spring chicken anymore. I'm like, I'm gonna be 49. So uh, as much as I'd like to think that I'm techie and savvy, uh, compared to my children, I am way beyond or way behind. And, um, um, and so I, I did spend some time thinking and just uh, uh, collecting data, talking to other church planners. And today I wanted to do, share some of the shifts that we had to make. Uh, one of them was to modify our vision statement. Uh, and so we, I wrote the vision of Anthem Media, uh, which is uh, uh, basically uh, the church plants version, the virtual version of Anthem is to reach non-believers through online platforms, invest in virtual relationships, and invite them to virtual and physical church expressions. So I, I had to, from the top down, rethink and uh, you know, rephrase uh, statements uh, so as to shape and shift the culture of the launch team. Um, now, so the number one shift that I wanted to talk about was church as a missional platform. Now, since most of us are pastors, I think uh, we're pretty familiar with the, uh, the terminology of attractional church. And now the missional church is rooted in the Missio Dei. And um, we want our congregation members to be, to have the posture of missionaries instead of having Sunday services where 
professional clergy present and they do most of the work, right? That was a seeker-friendly attractional model. And um, in recent conversations, um, we, you know, it's common knowledge that uh, companies like Airbnb, they have the biggest hospitality uh, network of even, you know, bigger than Hilton, but they don't own any of the properties. And the same thing with Uber. They have uh, the biggest transportation uh, footprint, but they don't own any of the cars. Same thing with Amazon. They have all the, um, they, there are a retailer, but they don't own any of the products, right? And so um, we're thinking uh, in terms of those lines where uh, Ephesians 4.12 really um, calls us to, even from scripture, look at the church as a platform, just like Airbnb, just like Uber, just like Amazon. Um, and, and so to really echo and intensify this idea that we want to be missional. So um, the big shift, uh, which is directly connected um, with being a missional church, is to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. And some of the ways that we had to think about that practically, because some of us are just learning. And I, you know, my executive pastor, he is uh, 64 years old. And um, I had to force him to get a, an Instagram account. Right? <laughs> and so just these little shifts, uh, which were significant, um, but then I recognize that we need to find a media manager as well um, and uh, make sure that our launch team, especially from the Anthem side, uh, was um, actively using social media. So that's one of the, it's the most, I guess it's the most um, significant shift to think more like Airbnb, Uber, and Amazon. But that shift really is the idea of Ephesians 4.12, right? where the asset is the congregation and their social media um, networks, uh, rather than having you know, an online church where all the content is developed by the pastor and, uh, and maybe you know, some people uh, putting up sermons. So everyone in, in the church needs to understand that they are the product, right? So, um, Church as a missional platform. Um, the second thing is that uh, because of that, we had to modify our discipleship pathway. And by discipleship pathway, Tim, do you guys use this terminology? I'm pretty sure most people do, but yeah, okay. Yeah, it's basically, you know, how do you uh, lead someone who is a non believer, a seeker? To be a multiplying disciple right and so you craft ministries like uh, um, like introduction to christianity or sunday worship and small groups opportunities to serve leadership training and these are all things that you put in place to move someone from a seeker all the way to a disciple so this is what we mean by uh, discipleship pathway but in our context we recognize that hey uh, we can't even meet in person so how are we going to outreach to, uh, first of all, non-believers if we can't even do outreach events? And you know, um, 
how can we meet our neighbors when our neighbors are scared stiff of, uh, of meeting people because of, of COVID. And, um, and so we began to rethink our discipleship pathway uh, just completely using um, just a virtual platform. And so this is one of the expressions of that, right? <clears throat> Where the, the congregation becomes kind of, no, our church becomes kind of like an Airbnb where the people are the homes. And we begin to use their social media accounts, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, uh, if they have channels. And uh, <clears throat> that's how we connect with, with people. So uh, one of, uh, you know, uh, Facebook has in Edison and North Brunswick, it has residents of Edison and residents of North Brunswick groups. And what you can do is you can just sign up for those groups. And then um, if uh, uh, you are allowed to interact with 10 people you are not friends with on a daily basis. And so uh, we went into these Edison groups, for example, and we spent some time looking at who is putting the most comments, uh, who is receiving the most likes or, uh, you know, uh, those heart uh, emoticons and all those things to figure out who the, um, the people of peace are, at least at, at a digital level. And then after we figure who the, uh, you know, these virtual movers and shakers are, we ask them questions like, hey, so uh, what do you think are some of the needs in Edison or uh, how can a church um, interact? And so people you use either their personal Facebook accounts and also Anthem Church has a Facebook uh, account as well. And we begin to interact with people um, and, uh, and just develop relationship. Now, we do that on, on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, we're developing content now for YouTube, but the pathway is then to uh, develop a relationship with people. And then um, when we have even these goals of, you know, at, at the end of August, we wanna have 100 new followers, right? or we want to have uh, 500 likes and, and all these like little data points. And then we want to um, engage with them quickly in conversation, right? It's not just vanity metrics where we look at, oh, we got 400, you know, views on, on YouTube. Um, we want to engage with them and then lead them into discussions of, hey, uh, we're a church plant, by the way, and we want to uh, figure out what the community needs and we want to uh, love and, and, and bless the community. Uh, maybe you can help us out. Uh, if you want to join the website, there's a way to, um, you know, join the launch team. You don't have to be a Christian, right? You ju we just want to know what the needs of the community are. Um, and, uh, and or the next step would be uh, Facebook groups where we just uh, hold either watch parties or um, like discussion uh, discussions or even Zoom groups. And eventually we wanna go from uh, online expressions to uh, on-site expressions. And so uh, when, Lord willing, uh, COVID restrictions lift, we begin to have dinner parties, small groups, interest gatherings, and anthem events. Now, um, 
the reason why we want to do all the social media and all the stuff before is because by the time some of these restrictions are lifted, we will have relationships with people, right? Instead of just waiting and doing nothing and then having events. Now, um, I'm also in, in a Redeemer incubator for church plans. And one of the things that we said a couple months ago was that uh, the Spanish flu of 100 some years ago, that lasted for about three years. And if that's the case, uh, how long are these restrictions with COVID uh, la gonna last? Now, because of medical advances, maybe possibly vaccines, I'm hoping that maybe by spring 2021, there'll be some mobility. Definitely by next summer, we're looking to uh, have, um, uh, you know, just in-person gatherings without restrictions. Uh, but what I had to do in the back of my mind to just have clarity in terms of how to think in the now was to ask myself this question. What do I have to do as a church planner if churches were never or will never be able to meet physically again? Because when I started asking that question, that's when I had a lot more clarity. When I had the question of, uh, well, you know, things are going to lift in uh, seven months. Then I began, my mind went down the rabbit trail of hybrid models. But when I started thinking, hey, we're never going to meet in person again. That's when the clarity really, really hit. Um, but, you know, I also want to be realistic uh, that um, online can't be a substitute long term for uh, on site. And I think this is true even with, uh, with dating apps nowadays, when people sign up for dating apps like Coffee Meets Bagel, at one point or other, you wanna meet that person physically face-to-face, -face, right? So there's no substitute for that. So, um, but there was, that was an important question for me just to give me clarity in the beginning of my thought process. So eventually we want to have dinner parties, small groups, interest gathering, anthem events, but by then we will have cultivated some relational uh, ground with these people. And um, to that end, um, invite them uh, in the future when a physical launch day is possible to the launch day party and, um, and then implement a discipleship pathway, which is much more the, the classical approach, right? In-person Sunday, uh, small groups uh, in person. So um, I had to, uh, I, I guess I had to add this section, oops, um, this section uh, as a, um, as tilling the soil, right? And sowing seeds before launch by necessity. Now, I also knew that after some research that these are going to be the, mo the world's, uh, the most visited websites are Google, YouTube, and Facebook. So, you know, in, in terms of uh, online presence, just practical things, um, we are uh, investing in SEO and website as a top priority. Uh, what that means is we have a company in New York called Matera Management. Uh, the person who, uh, who owns a company, it's a branding and marketing company is also a Redeemer church planner who does marketing. So we hired him to look at, uh, try to improve our logo, 
and our, our website um, and to help us out with having a high SEO. And, um, and so what, maybe one of the questions that you can ask yourself is if you are at a church and you Google your church name, even in your community, right? Uh, how high up do you show up on the ranking, right? Uh, and I did some, uh, I, I did some research with some of the churches that are gathering today and uh, not all of you guys are on, on top, right? And uh, um, uh, in, in East Brunswick, a lot of the Roman Catholic churches came on top. And I, I was like, you know what? I, I, I want to be on top of that list. So then when people are looking for churches, uh, they're going to find us first. So we're making investments now in that. The second most visited website is YouTube. So um, we have... Uh, uh, Jen Lee on our end, myself, um, just developing content uh, for YouTube. And uh, this is not all just Christian, Christian content, right? This is just practical living, uh, life hacks, um, because we want people to see us as uh, not just Christians at a church, but we want them to see us as people with families. So I have this one video where I took my kids um, on a, on a Disney cruise. And we made a video of that. Um, and we're just getting all that stuff ready. My kids love video games. My youngest loves plants versus zombies. And so I've been making YouTube videos with him, uh, just so that people know that, you know, even as a pastor, uh, I do have a life outside of church, right? Uh, Facebook, um, engaging non-believers through Edison community groups and intentionally going in and signing up for the, the daily updates um, and, uh, and, and being an active, um, what's it called, an active in, in dialogue with, with people. So uh, these are some of the simple shifts that we had to make. Uh, I wanted to share some practices that I uh, that I've learned along the way and uh, that other church planners, especially digital ones are saying these are uh, best practices uh, for such a time as this. Number one is to invest in a media manager um, where the key role is uh, scheduling and recruiting a virtual missions team. So I, I don't think many people are gonna be going on missions trips this summer, right? But if we look at the virtual realm, we can form virtual missions teams. Now, what that uh, obviously means is we're gonna have uh, like maybe some Zoom trainings for older people who don't have Instagram or for people who don't know how to engage in, in Facebook and whatnot. Um, but a, a media manager on our end, we found someone from Point Community Church. Her name is Betsy. And she is the uh, social media manager for a nonprofit that she works for. And so we were on the conversation a couple of weeks back is like, so what are some of the most effective um, means, uh, effective posts, for example, with Instagram? And she was telling me like, well, giveaways is one. And the second one is, uh, you know, just laughter builds fellowship. So they have a lot of success, even with memes, right? And as a pastor, the first thing that I'm thinking is, oh, gosh, I got to talk to people about sin and salvation. And she's like, yeah, well, I mean, eventually you want to do that, of course. But to engage in conversations with them, you know, uh, you got to look at what, what's effective. And so even coming up with uh, 
with memes. So uh, for example, I'm going to show you guys a picture. Um, I just took a picture of, of uh, this is my, my son's cat. I don't know if you guys can see this too well. But for some reason, the cat was on me yesterday. And, and I just, he was just yawning. And I took a picture of that. And uh, this is somehow going to become a meme for the church. Right. And I know it sounds kind of like, what is this guy talking about? Right. But non-believers, they don't, you know, they want to know who you are as a person. So uh, we're thinking about this missionally. And the key role of the media manager would be to uh, recruit uh, people who are active on social media and just be the one scheduling. Okay. These are the number of posts on Monday. You want to, Steph, you want to post this on Wednesday. Jarrell, you, you post this, right? Uh, this week is going to be a meme for Jen, and next week is going to be maybe like a sermon point, right? Anxiety is faith in the negative, right? This was from the last sermon, and um, we're going to make that into an image and, and post that up because a lot of people are anxious. So these are some of the things that we're thinking. Number two, uh, Obviously, we're going to offer social media training online uh, because from Ephesians chapter 4, we want to equip people uh, how to build up the body, the body of Christ. Number three, uh, engagement is a two-way conversation because one of the temptations is you post stuff on, on Instagram and you're just kind of pushing information one way. But the most important thing with sermons online or Instagram is uh, what's the next click for them? what's the next step, right? You, you just can't push things one way. You, you, you want to engage with them, um, which leads us to the next point is uh, don't get caught up in vanity metrics, right? Um, if you look at the uh, Unstuck Church media podcast uh, and you put a video online of your sermon, um, you know, some people will look at, oh, I got you know, 400 views, right? But uh, two things about that, um, most oftentimes, you got to look at how long they viewed for, right? And within the sermon, um, we, you got to say stuff like, uh, for th so this past Sunday was um, a sermon on uh, anxiety from Philippians chapter four. In the beginning of the sermon, I said, hey guys, I'm just going to give you a few moments. What are your biggest fears and anxieties? So people wrote, wrote that down. And that's when you begin to have the conversation. And this was within the church and you know, we were just experimenting. Uh, but eventually when you, when you reach out to non-believers, you want to develop the conversation. Number five, use platform, use a platform that people contacted you on to reach back out to them. So if someone reaches out to you in Instagram, you know, don't ask for an email, just reply and have the conversation going back and forth on Instagram or on Facebook, right? Don't blindside them and Hey, I look at your, Facebook page, I found your email and I'm, you know, that, that feels uh, to some extent a little uh, stocky-ish, right? So you use the same platform. Uh, number six, uh, community and content are synergistic. On-site helps online, online helps on-site. Um, you know, we, we want to be able to um, marry the two, right? Uh, eventually, we want our, um, our content to engage people uh, but then we want to say, hey, by the way, let's talk more in person. You know? And once you're able to make that physical contact, on-site helps online, online helps on-site. And number seven, um, 
is this idea that we are investing in a website and we want to make Instagram posts that are graphically and visually appealing. Um, and, you know, in, in church world, sometimes this idea of branding and marketing is kind of like the devil. They say, hey, we, we focus on spiritual stuff and the visual stuff is the stuff of the world. And we don't put effort in branding. Well, here's the thing. Everyone brands and even a lack of branding is branding itself. Right. So um, in the way that we post, we want to post things well. When you to, when you look at YouTube videos, the ones that get most views are oftentimes the ones that have an attractive thumbnail. And just little tidbits like this that we learned even from Sean Cannell, he's a YouTuber. He used to be a Christian uh, media manager at a church, and then he developed his own channel, Think Media, and in um, uh, his own uh, personal YouTube channel. But he teaches how to do all these things. And um, I just thought it was just brilliant. You know, a lack of branding is branding itself. So that's it in terms of a, a quick, quick overview. I know that I just went through a lot and um, yet I just wanted to share what we're doing as a church plant and um, yeah, and opening up for questions. By the way, um, I am, like I said in the beginning, building the bridge as we're walking across it, right? So I'm not an expert, I'm a practitioner. And uh, uh, I'm, I tell my, uh, my launch team, I rather you ask for forgiveness than ask for permission. Um, that I want them to try things, and we, we have to determine what works. Um, and if they put, you know, some posts that maybe are kind of um, off color, um, you know, I rather than see what the effect of that is instead of tiptoeing and and being too Christian in a post-Christian world. Yes. Cool. So I'll hand it over to you. <clears throat> Huna, thank you. That was a lot in a, in a short amount of time, so I appreciate it. And very practical. Um, we've got time for a couple of questions. So uh, if anyone has a question, I guess um, I'll start off with one, Hoon, is uh, on number two on the practices. You talked about training, uh, social media training. Um, can you expand on that a little bit, like what you're thinking and uh, what that could look like? Yeah. Um... For example, uh, my executive pastor and his wife, and uh, uh, even within Point Community Church, there is one community group which is considerably older, right? And, um, uh, and learning what a hashtag is, right? Liking and sharing, having an Instagram account. Uh, for my 13-year-old, that's kind of like, you know, he doesn't need to think how to breathe. It just happens. But uh, I'm realizing that uh, for some of the uh, maybe older or less techy uh, by choice people, uh, I can't assume that they all are savvy like that. And so for us to be able to gain maybe a hundred more followers in uh, August or September, we need to share and hashtag and like and kind of like, you know, uh, increase the, uh, the, uh, um, the reach of these posts uh, through other people's accounts as well. So uh, having simple things like, uh, hey, uh, if you're gonna have a birthday party, just share it. Or if you're listening to a sermon and something strikes you, this is how you make a post of that and how you link to the website. 
just very simple things. And you can go you know, into as much detail as possible, uh, like analytics, Google analytics, uh, the YouTube analytics and all those things. Um, and, and yet at our level, we're thinking, let's, let's go for the uh, low hanging fruit first. Awesome. Cool. Who, who else, who else has a question? Anybody else? I don't want to cut, cut folks off. Hey, Tim. So, I would, Tim. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to ask, one of the things you mentioned, we talked about the virtual mission trip component. Could you, yeah. could you, could you talk a little bit more about that since that's the world that I, that I live in? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so there are, like, and I mentioned this before, um, there are community groups that already exist on Facebook with 5,000, you know, people on it. And these are people that live in the neighborhood. And when you subscribe to that, uh, you, uh, and you listen and, and you read in their posts, they, you really get an idea of the values and, um, the culture of the region. And, um, you know, uh, a lot of times as Christians, you know, we're kind of in this like uh, ivory tower, you know, where we're somewhat distanced from the world of non-believers. And, uh, and so what's one of the easy ways that you can step into that without becoming friends with everyone in the community, right? You just go on Facebook, you look at their group and you look at what you're, what they're saying, what they are concerned about, what they're angry about. And uh, with wisdom, you begin to interact with, um, we call them people of peace. I'm, I'm sure some of it's a pretty familiar term, uh, which tend to be uh, the, the movers and shakers in specific uh, spaces. And then we begin to interact with them uh, based on some common felt needs. So if I live in East Brunswick and I interact with someone in East Brunswick, just uh, two weeks ago, three people drowned. It was a terrible tragedy. Three people drowned in a, uh, in, in a pool. And now the, uh, the mayor is saying, hey, we're going to do free training, uh, free lessons, swimming lessons for East Brunswick residents. And some people are like, oh, the taxes, this and that. And so you begin to talk with people about that. And, uh, and that's an example. I, I have a pool, right? So uh, I'm not sure how I could leverage that, but I could definitely be in the conversation just by virtue of that and having kids, young kids, right? Uh, so that uh, builds bridges with people. So um, that's a beginning of, uh, of relational, um, just building relationships. Awesome. I'm just surprised, yeah. even with my launch team, how uh, Christianized they are. And the statistic goes something like this, that when someone becomes a Christian, that person's uh, relational network is usually about 90% non-Christians. Six years after becoming a Christian, that statistic gets flipped. And most of their relationships are within the church and they lose touch with non-believers, right? And if, we're, if that's true, then uh, in our church is mostly comprised of people who have been in church for or, or, or following the faith for more than six years, you know, um, 
we need to get back and, and, and be missional and take the posture of, of missionaries where we live. That's good. I like that. Good. Who, who else? Thank you so much for um, that information. It was a lot of content and it was quite inform um, helpful. But one of the things that I wanted to for you to review again is when you were talking about the listing on the searches and getting the churches to be um, higher on the listing. How can you expand on that a little and just um, review that process again? Yeah. So okay. um, when you have a website, uh, you know, there's such things as tag words on your website uh, where um, so for Anthem Church, um, you have to put, the, um, or YouTube videos, you put these keywords um, that show up on search engines such as Google, such as Christian, Jesus, community. One of the keywords to put there is if you are non-denominational, is non-denominational. Um, now East Brunswick, Summer, uh, Somerset County, and... Uh, when uh, when someone moves into a, a an East Brunswick or North Brunswick, or someone because of COVID now has a spiritual interest of what happens after that, and they're looking for a church in Google, they'll search uh, North Brunswick, you know, church near me, right? Mm -hmm. And on your website, if you have like those tag words, which um, combine well with a, with a search, right? Mm -hmm. You will show up higher. Uh, SEO companies, they make a lot of money by doing that. They'll look at your website and they'll tell you, okay, this is how you want to organize the website's uh, wireframe and the tag words and the keywords that you put when you define your, uh, your page so that you show up higher on the list. It is pretty, pretty technical on that end. Um, and uh, yeah, and, and so I know a little bit about this, but I am in contact with an SEO uh, company who happens to be a church planner uh, in, uh, in New Brunswick. I think his name, uh, it's, it's the Rock Church. He's a CNMA guy. Um, but that's how you get on top of the list. It's by keywords, uh, tags, and um, you know, position your website with the SEO knowledge. Uh, SEO, by the way, means search engine optimization. Yeah, and I'll, I'll just tag on to that. Um, just so you guys know, MNYBA has a resource with that as well. Elliot um, is uh, contracted out with MNYBA. So if you want help on that, um, we can get you in touch with Elliot, and he can, he can help you with that. Um, there's a lot you can do, actually, uh, for free without having to buy you know, AdWords and all that, there are things that you can mm -hmm. do to make your website go higher up on the list. And so, um, yeah, it's definitely worth checking out because it can make a huge difference, especially for your front door, you know, getting more people in. So, yeah, which, when it sounds like, to, yeah, go ahead. I was just saying, it sounds like a lot of what you're talking about is having a bigger front door for when you actually launch, right? A lot mm -hmm. of this is kind of trying to gather people on, on the yeah. front end and yeah, go, go ahead. What were you going to say? 
Well, even uh, when I planted the, the other church, uh, Greenhouse, um, we, uh, a lot of people came because of the website, you know, and there's two ways of doing evangelism, like two ways of income. There's active income and there's passive income. And when we, when we did, um, when we showed up also on Yelp, because people are looking for churches on Yelp as well, you know, the, the restaurant search, um, Yelp, uh, YouTube, but especially Google, we wanted to show up uh, not just at the top of the, the search engine because people seldom go to the second page, but we wanted to show up on the top with Greenhouse and under Greenhouse Church say stuff like, um, you know, what we believe or uh, what to expect, you know, these uh, subheadings right on top of the website. And, and that automatically will help you uh, attract more visitors and uh, visitors to the church, um, you know, and at, at all times without you having to always go and, and, and door knock and, uh, and do a door to door evangelism, for example. Great. Hey guys, I think we are about out of time. Um, if there's one more question, we'll, we'll just do one more and then we'll close out. Um, anybody else? Cool. Well, hey, uh, thank you guys for joining. Just, um, <clears throat> and Hoon, thank you for that. I thought that was a, a lot of, uh, a lot of information and, um, could you maybe put up that resource page one more time for folks yeah. um, uh, share that as we go and uh, a reminder our next synergy is going to be kind of in the same line we've got a guy uh, named Mark McGrath who's going to be talking about <clears throat> specifically how to communicate uh, virtually and so a lot of folks myself included have been thrown into this world and uh, you, you now know that speaking into a camera is way different than speaking to a crowd of folks. So Mark is a, uh, travels around the world and has trained, I mean, thousands and thousands of people in communication. So I'm excited to have him in a couple weeks for the next Synergy. I uh, encourage you, anybody that you know that um, is either a preacher or an in communications at all, I can promise you it, it'll be worth your time uh, to join us for that as well. So um there are the resources up that uh, Hoon had mentioned earlier. And um, I am, I'm going to close this out in prayer and uh, hope to see you guys uh, uh, next week. And then I think um, Grace Friday, do we have uh, another prayer time on Friday? Yes, we do. Um, Friday at 11 a.m. So we'll, um, if you have our MailChimp, if you're subscribed to our channel, which most likely that's how you all are on this call, um, it'll be the same, same Zoom link that you got into this meeting at 11 on Friday. Awesome. Awesome. Thank hey, you. Hey, uh, Tim. Yes. Um, if people want, I do have, uh, which is highlighted here, it's the Nuvo Church Facebook strategy. This outlines how the gentleman was able to get like 100 people on his launch team while living an hour and a half, two hours away. He actually has a document that he gave out to Stadia planners. So I can send okay. it to you. Uh, and this is not relevant just for church plans. Uh, this is how you get into the community uh, with Facebook. So I can share that document with you as well. Oh, that'd be great. I, that'd yeah. Be great. Okay. Yeah, we could, um, let's see. Hoon, if, you, if it's a file, do you know how to post it in the chat box? 
Uh, oh, there's a chat box. I could not see it. Um, yeah, click on the bottom and click chat. You'll see um, a chat box pops up and you can click on file. Oh, yeah. Let me uh, pull this up then. Um, yeah, that'd be great. Awesome. Um, while Hoon is doing that, Grace, any other announcements of, on the MNYBA side? I can't think of any. Um, our next, we want to mention our next synergy date is the, what is that? The 28th? The 28th, July 28th, right. 11 a.m. Um, and yeah, we'll be getting some information out this week about that as well. So yeah. cool. Well, thanks again. Thanks, Hoon. Thanks everyone for joining. Let me, uh, let me pray for us quickly and then uh, we can uh, get on with the rest of our day. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for um, uh, just uh, allowing us to use this medium and uh, meet together virtually um, in the midst of what I know is uh, are difficult times for probably every single person on this call. And um, Father, we, we see the challenges and yet we also know that there are incredible opportunities here for us. I pray that you would just open our eyes and just help us to um, see things differently, to love people the way that you love them and in doing so, uh, be willing to be creative and maybe try things that we've never tried before, even if they make us uh, uncomfortable. And so God, I pray that you would just um, really use these avenues and these opportunities for your glory. We pray that we could see uh, people that have never trusted you come to Christ as a result of stepping out in faith in these ways. And uh, God, just give us teachable, humble hearts in all these ways. And we pray, uh, God, that we would just get our prayer of your kingdom come, um, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven would be our prayer every day, especially in the midst of this pandemic. Help us to show people uh, what the kingdom can look like. And may we be carriers of your truth, uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ in everything that we do. Father, again, we thank you for this time and uh, we love you. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Hey, thank you guys so much, and uh, we will see you hopefully uh, on Friday and for the next Synergy. Take care.